throw out some topics. Alright, I got something for you. Bring it down just a little bit for me, camera. Please. I'm going to start off with the scripture. Let me just pray real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Abba. We bless your name. You are holy. Uh, your son is the holy one. Uh, we thank you for him. We thank you that he died for us and that um, through his blood we have redemption and uh, a relationship with you. And there's nothing separating us from you, Father, except ourselves. And, Father, tonight we give ourselves to you. We dedicate everything about ourselves to you, Lord. You created us. You want us. You desire us. And we give ourselves to you willingly. So we bless you when you ask that we ask that you enter this place. You come and sit with us. You speak with us. And just give us all that you are in this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, both the sounds are going on the, uh, in the background, I think. I'm going to read the scripture. You got it, Ken? All right. Who all suffers with condemnation? Okay. I'm going to read this. So I know the four people that are here, um, plus Lily. Lily just came from heaven. So um, it's Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to stop there um, and make a quick point. If you have given your heart to Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. That's what it says, right? For those who are in Christ Jesus. And then after that, there's a, a comma. It says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So if we give in our heart to Christ, uh, we have a privilege of not having condemnation come upon us. Okay, we have that privilege. We have that option. In Christ, there is no condemnation by his blood, by what he did for us. But there's a stipulation to that. The word says who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So if we give in our heart to Christ and uh, we believe with our heart, we confess with our mouth that, that Jesus is Lord and he was the son of God and he was resurrected in three days after he, he was crucified for our sakes. If we've done that, we believe that, we've said that, and we have condemnation, the indication is we're in the flesh somewhere because he took away Condemnation when he died for us. So whenever we feel condemnation, we're in the flesh somewhere. Are you guys with me? Now, if you haven't received Christ and you're walking your life out and you feel condemnation, doesn't mean that you're, you're absolutely walking in the flesh, but you're not subjected from that privilege. You don't have that privilege. Condemnation can come upon you. Conviction can come upon you. All the wrath of the enemy can come upon you. But God has protected us through his, the, the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's only two, you either walking according to the flesh or you're walking according to the spirit. There's no in between. What's in between is carnality. And if you're in carnality, that means you're, you're in the flesh. And then you will feel condemnation. And this, this, is, this is what we all go through when we first start our cycles of of change and growth, we do feel condemnation. It's like a heavy thing. It's like, dang, I'm trying my hardest, but I keep feeling like this. And we can't differentiate what conviction is and condemnation. Okay? Just because we feel condemnation and we don't feel like we're in the flesh, excuse me, doesn't mean we know where we're in the flesh. So I always look at the scripture because it can be identification of where I'm at with God. God revealed things in his own time. So I cannot know I'm in the area of flesh and feel condemnation. And God can, in a sense, reveal that to me where I'm in the flesh. And then as the seasons change and as we grow, he starts removing those areas from us. But we don't have to be subjected to 
Condemnation. If I start feeling condemnation, I could actually now take a step back for what the scripture says and say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, where am I in the flesh? Okay. So that's in Romans. We're going to we're going to basically destroy condemnation tonight. And it's not going to take long because uh, we have an example in the epistles. Who was a man. That did some of the worst things. And God delivered him from condemnation. Okay, so remember, if you walk according to the flesh, you will be subjected to condemnation if you're in Christ. If you stay in the spirit, you will not feel condemnation. It will not be sub it will not come upon you. This is first Corinthians four. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ. And stewards of the mysteries of God. I love that. We are, we're definitely our servants. But did you know once you receive Christ, you are stewards of the mysteries of God? What are those mysteries? What are those mysteries that God has revealed to us, but he has not revealed to the world? Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. When God gives you a mystery, of who he is, of his love. Now, God has entrusted you to be a steward of that, and you have to be found faithful with it. And this is what faithfulness is. It's obedience over time. Okay? I like saying it like this. God determines your length of time to be determined faithful. God can put you in a season for a year, four years, two months, one week to see if you'll be faithful to the mystery that he has revealed to you. OK, Gene was talking about um, I don't know if it was in here or when we we're doing men's um, pre intercession. When God gives you a revelation, you need to meditate on it before you start telling everybody about it. You need to make sure that you have become it before you start trying to administer it out. That's a mystery. God's revelation is a mystery. A mystery is this. Something that is hidden, but yet to be revealed, but has been revealed. Okay? And I know that may sound kind of wild. It's a mystery because some do not know it. But it's a mystery because God wants to reveal it to us. Okay? Let's move on. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. Okay. But with me, and this is Paul speaking. It is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. How many do you know that when you come to Christ, even before you come to Christ, but when you really come to Christ, judgment comes upon you from the world. They're going to say, you can't follow God. Think about all the stuff you used to do. The madness you was in, the sin you was in. And by, so it is a very small thing. He's saying, it don't even have no weight to me, what you think about me or how you judge me. It's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. Meaning, Paul got to the place where he knew exactly where he was with God to where even if he went before the court, he knew that they had no power to judge him because Christ is his only judge. And then he says, in fact, I do not even judge myself. How many times? This is where condemnation comes in. We've made a mistake knowingly, meaning like we made a mistake and we knew it wasn't right. And then you have the stern of spirit like, dang, I shouldn't have did that. But then the enemy comes to increase in your mind how bad you are. And now we're going to judging ourselves. In the garden, there, it was the, 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 not, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is I don't want to say knowing right from wrong. But I mean, it, it put ourselves in a place of judgment. It was like a, a place of exposure where God wanted us to truly know him and only know him and only be satisfied with the knowledge of him and not with the knowledge of the world. I do not even judge myself. How many times do you get so sick of yourself and you judge it over and over and over and over again? Why can't I get this right? Why do I keep struggling in this area? God, where am I at? Why, why am I, you know, why, am I, why haven't I increased or why haven't things changed in my life? I'm sitting here judging myself. So, so Paul is saying, I... What other people say about me, doesn't, it, it means this much. What authority might think of me, 
or say about me doesn't mean anything. And my own thought or my own judgment of myself, I don't even do that. For I know nothing against myself. This is a place we have to get. This is where you're completely out of the flesh. Only way you know yourself if you're in the flesh. We have to completely rid ourselves of ourselves and be completely filled with Christ. Be completely filled with the Spirit of God. For I know nothing of myself. He completely died. And I think it's in Galatians 2.20. It says, for it is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah who lives in me. And the life I live, I live for him. It's like, it's not even about me no more. Even the bad I have done. Even the good I have done. I, I don't even consider it me. I have completely vanished from this place. Spring. For I know nothing against myself. Yet I am not justified by this. Meaning, even though I have not identified judgment on myself, that is not what keeps me free. This is what keeps him free. But he who judges me is the Lord. Jesus. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is the Lord. So in condemnation, in the, the ridicule that the world tries to bring upon us to judgment, we literally have to separate ourselves from ourselves. It's as if we're removing ourselves from our flesh and looking from the Spirit's eye and from a heavenly perspective and say, God, I'm in a place right now where judgment's coming upon me. I'm judging myself, and I don't want to have no parts of that. You are my judge. And you know God says we're righteous because of his son. That's our judgment right now. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a righteous judgment. There is a judgment that we will face in heaven when we, when we, when we die or when we ascend when Christ comes back, that we'll be judged for the works that we did on this earth, for what God has asked us to do. And then we will receive rewards from that. But I mean, the judgment of sin, we have been separated from that. There's no longer any judgment of sin if we've repented from those sins. The sins we have not repented from, we will still face judgment. God wants to cleanse us with his blood, with his, son, with his son's blood. We have to repent. And this is a continuous thing. You, mean, you, you think sometimes like, God will, or there come a thought of something that I might have done. And then we start thinking like, man, why, does, why is this coming back now? I'm nowhere near that. I don't think like that no more. You start thinking, oh, my well, enemy's messing with me. It can very well be the Holy Spirit bringing back to remembrance some things you might need to repent from. There are some deep things on the inside of us that God wants to purge out. And even though we receive Christ, it still has a seed. And unless we reject that seed, it's always going to have a root or a, or, a, or a center inside of us. But as long as we stay in the spirit, God can do it painlessly because we're detached from the flesh. He who judges me is the Lord. And then he goes on to say, therefore, judge nothing before it's time. This means you have to work patience in yourself, which is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Judge nothing before it's time, meaning remove yourself from the flesh enough to watch God work. Don't try to get too involved. Until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness. So these thoughts are coming. People are judging me. Um, people of authority are speaking against me or speaking to me about certain things. But it's not for me to examine that any longer. Okay, this is what was said. Christ, I know I've changed. God, you've changed me. I'm stepping out of this fleshly body for this moment, and I'm asking you to be my only judge. And allow me to stay in the spirit so the spirit of condemnation, the evil spirit, does not come upon me. Because he says, he will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsel of the heart. That does mean there are things on the inside of us that God has to shine a light on after we become sons and daughters and children of God. And it's not because we're bad, but because he wants to fill all of you. He doesn't want any seeds and roots of evil or of darkness. Then each one's praise will come from God. This is really cool. Then each one's praise. When a person gets to that place where God is shining the light on the hidden things of darkness, once that is exposed and God allows it to come out, there's another 
level of praise that comes forth. Have you noticed that when you first come, you're kind of in a certain kind of praise and then you get delivered from something and then you step into another level of praise and then you might get delivered. And then before you know it, you're almost completely free. But there's always, I'm not saying there's always, but there can be something that is holding you back from freely expressing yourself with God. And you say, Lord, I've repented for everything I know of. Um, I've changed. I'm not in the same sin I used to be in. What is keeping me from truly bringing praise to you? I'm talking about the crazy radical praise where you jump up and down and just lose it for God. Really, every time. You know, you think about it. Jesus is victory. And have y'all, have y'all noticed that when there's a victory, there's a celebration. And when there's celebration, there's joy. And when there's joy, there's just madness. It's like, it's like a happy madness. It's like a, I don't want to say a controlled riot, but somewhat of a controlled riot. And joy in the Bible, I think, it's in, I think it's described in the Greek as jumping around, spinning, and shouting for joy. Okay? Then each one's praise will come from God, meaning the hidden dark places that God has shone a light on and brought out of you, he's going to praise himself from himself with on the inside of you. God does not um, encompass darkness. He, it says dark and light cannot mix. So he can't go with it. He goes where the dark places are, but he won't conjoin with it. So it has to leave. So I don't know if y'all read about Paul. And this is why I think this is so important. Paul crucified the church. His name, his name was Saul first. He crucified the early church of Christ. So after, after Jesus Christ ascended, you had these apostles that went out to do these things for Christ. And as they were operating, there were Jewish leaders that wanted to basically condemn them, stone them, take them to prison. And Paul was a great leader in that faction. And when he had his experience with Christ, he was on, his, on, he was on the way to condemn more Christians. He was a partaker in the murders and the death of innocent people. So he was at a, at, a, at a strong extreme for what God could call sin, kill people, crucify his son, the body. And he's saying in that scripture, I don't even judge myself. There's nothing you can say against me that can cause me to feel bad, to cause condemnation to come upon me. Now, I want you to think about this. What places has the enemy tried to infiltrate your mind on a daily or continuous basis with condemnation? Where is he trying to steal joy from you? Where is he trying to keep a seed of darkness on the inside of you so you can truly not praise God? Think about that. That's only condemnation. And what we read before, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and who do not walk according to the flesh. So how often are we walking in the flesh? Well, we can do it every day. Christ came to free us from all of this. I was uh, listening to a testimony about a woman who went to heaven and she went to hell and she gave, no, this woman went to heaven and she was given some pretty awesome descriptions and she says, we just got to get back to what Jesus did. He said, we, as Christians, we, um, or as believers, I don't want to say we forget about what the blood of Christ is and repentance. But I mean, it's just another quote unquote tool we use. But there is true power in the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. All you have to, Lord, cleanse me by your blood. Lord, heal me. I plead the blood of Jesus. And what she was saying is, God wants to cleanse you. In that moment, when those things take place, it's as if it's washed completely clean in a way. Really, especially when it's coming from a pure heart. How many of us have made mistakes? Hey, Nika. How many of us have made mistakes? And we didn't want to make those mistakes, but we actually made the mistake. And we're like, dang, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get, quote unquote, forgiven for that. Because I knew I wasn't supposed to do it and I did it. 
I was knowledgeable about it. Now, if your heart is right, it's the same thing when you confess Christ. God judges the heart of the man. We can't just go through a sinner's prayer and believe that, all right, I'm good to go and I can go back to living in sin. It don't, it don't work like that. God is a just God. I hope, <laughs> I pray for experiences like going to heaven and going to hell and stuff like that because I want to see, I want to experience those things. But the word is the word. God allowed every part of himself to be put in this. He's not limited to this. But what he wanted to reveal to us came in this form. And when we don't take this for what it is, it's as if we're lessening God and his deity and his holiness. There are simple things that we know not to do and we do. And we can have to face judgment for it if we don't repent. You know, somebody can get into a lackadaisical kind of mentality. You know how you start off, you can start off real strong and then before you know it, you kind of just lessen and get weaker and weaker. Doesn't mean that you're a bad person. But when the word of God doesn't have the weight that it's supposed to have in your life, you're in the wrong place with God. I believe because we're in death season, a lot of things are being exposed right now and it stinks. And a lot of times we always, for some of us, it's the same thing getting exposed year after year that we still haven't decided to allow God to take away from us. Really? There is still things year after year. That's guy. I want you to get rid of this. I want to help you. I want to help you get cleansed. And we, we allow the desires of the flesh to overtake us and just yield to that. For one, because it's normal to us. And for two, we don't know how else to live. I have to uh, talk about Nika. She's doing so awesome. I mean, she's doing excellent. Um, you never know what you say and how it's going to impact somebody. And um, Nika gave me a revelation. And it was pretty cool because God can use anybody. Yeah, I saw that flame. I'm hot. And this is what I mean. Nika took a word that in a sense could just be like a, a, a normal talk. It wasn't like a great aha revelation. And she really applied it to herself. And I'm watching her go through this and really hanging on to what God has showed her and nobody else. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to try this. I love the attitude about, you know, hey, what do I got to lose? And here's, here's, here's what, I don't even remember saying this, but I know I, I talked about it. And I talked about how everybody in your life want to judge you by how you live, especially when you start walking with Christ. And that's because of your past or because of, you know, how you've conducted yourself on a weekly or daily basis. But I said, look at everybody that's around you and identify their walk with Christ. Now, they can, they can claim to be Christians. They can claim to be, be believers. But are they really living by what the word says? This is the, the quickest way. I'm telling you, it, it exposes them every time. Me and Nika was talking to a guy in Verizon yesterday. He talked about going to church, being, you know, all this different stuff. Cussing. That is a clear indication. Easy for me to identify that you're not walking with closest God as you say you are, or think that, or that you assume to be. God will not, will not allow anything foul to come out of your mouth if you have spent time with, with, in his presence. I'm talking about, not even talking about condemnation, the spirit of conviction will come on you so strong that you will want to tame your tongue yourself. And the word says you can't even tame it. You can't. It has that much power. What tames it is the renewed mind and the presence of God. And I look at it like this. I don't, if, if you've got cleansed by the presence of God, why do you want to go back to filth? You know the type of things that you used to have to do before they had to go into the presence in the Old Testament? The type of cleansing? It's all through numbers. Oh my gosh, the whole book of numbers is order. It'll, I don't want to say it'll put you to sleep, but oh my goodness, you'll get through the first chapter like, all right, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But it's so detailed on everything. That's what they had to do before they went before God. And you had to be a special person to go before his presence. And the, Israel, and the Israelites asked for that, just so you know. They petitioned for that. That's one of the fastest, and I don't judge. Hey, I'm telling you, your boy had the worst mouth in the world. But I knew God had something in me 
when I stopped cussing. I'm telling you, that was one of the first things he took away from me. So again, and I like how Nika said it, I had to look at my family. And she wasn't judging, but for those who are going to have an, uh, what's it called, a word about how I'm living, how are they really living when it comes to Christ? Even if you don't know really how to live for Christ. I mean, you can kind of look at somebody's life and say, okay, I kind of think they are or not. And then you spend time with God in the Word, and he'll show you. I think, uh, I think everybody that comes here to Kingdom Life Ministry is the one called to deliver their family. You don't really ever see the ones that, be, that are to be delivered by another family member in here. And when you do see that, it's because somebody's coming here so they could be delivered. You see what I'm saying? I think the ones that come in first and encounter it and who have such a hard time with their family members are the ones to deliver their family. Yes, it's a difficult challenge, but all we have to do is do our best to stay in the spirit. And that is a choice. The Holy Spirit will not force himself upon you. Ladies, I got all women tonight and one young man. That the, the whole thing, and this is what the world is plagued with, what they watch on TV. And I talk about all the time, my friends, I don't think why, I don't understand why um, the, the female species, I'm not talking as a whole, but thinks attitudes are sexy. You guys get what I'm saying? Or it's attractive. You have to watch what you put in your eye gates and what you put in your ear gates. You have to. Because what it's going to do is going to start forming a person on the inside of you that you're really not. And then before you know it, you're in a habitual or in a habit. And it's not even you, but you think it's you because it's so common. And you really have to take a step back at times and say, all right, is this me or is this something else in operation? It's humbling because you're like, you never want to think that the enemy got a hold on you, right? Like, dang, enemy ain't got me. But I look at my life like, dang, the enemy got me in this area. It's humbling because we want no part of him, right? I always think if this generation knew what they were partaking in, and if they knew it came from the devil, would they still want to do it? I don't think they would because you know he's condemned. Already, he was condemned from the foundations of this work. He, he's going to live in hell and burn forever. You know that. And those who are partakers in those things with him, that is uh, adultery, fornication. Um, uh, in a word, it, it's, in, it's in Romans. Men and women given over to the lust. That's homosexuality. All those different things. That's who will partake in the lake of fire. It's really clear. It also talks about um, um, murderers. And you know the word says if you talk about somebody, if you're angry, that's murder. Adultery is um, starts in the eyes. Stuff like that. Um, but all you have to do is repent and ask God to cleanse you, even if we've made those mistakes. I'm the first one to say I have committed adultery. Not, with, not against Lori. Not my current wife. Even if I did, I don't know if I'd be too open about that. We have to get clean, cleaned up. But I mean, in my previous marriage, I made that mistake. And before you know it, it just became common. It was just okay. And I noticed I stepped away from the fear of the Lord. I, I had absolutely already stayed away. I had not had a relationship with him. He wanted a relationship with me, but I didn't have one with him. But when I got the knowledge of what was right and wrong, I had to repent of that, even though it had no, that was, that was a part of my life that was already done. And you know, when we do things like that, we invite stuff on us. Have you noticed, we all been in the world, right? So I'm not saying everybody was a fornicator like me, but uh, like how I was with the old man was, but I would sleep with somebody and their personality or their traits or the things they do would jump on me and the things I would do would jump on them. I'm talking about bad and good. Intercourse has that power. Only thing that breaks that is a marriage covenant sanctified unto the Lord. I look at how a lot of times things I brought to myself just by the activities I was doing. It's called sanctification. If you can sanctify yourself, you're basically, I want to say, one about 90% of the battle. Because you're still going to all, for the, your entire life, the enemy is going to feed you thoughts. He's going to try to get you off course, not believe in God, to get you to commit sin. Because his ultimate goal is to kill you before you can repent so you can go to hell. 
That's his goal. He hates everyone. He does. And I don't understand why uh, the Satan worshipers believe they're going to have a kingdom at the end of this age. And when they die, they go and see Satan and say, well, didn't you promise me a kingdom? He says, no, I hate you just like I hate the Christians. Now burn. Can you imagine? You know you are aware in heaven and hell. You're conscious, like how we're conscious right now. I can't imagine being burned. I got burned by, burned by iron before. I've had rug burn. Rug burn don't feel good. Rug burn hurt. <laughs> Any burn kind of, you know how soap burn in your eye. I done felt some kind of burns. You get what I'm saying? I don't want to deal with the, the burning of, uh, of sin. Take it, taking those things on. We could be free of all, that, all those things. Especially when you truly walk out with God. And it always seems that things get worse when you really start pushing towards God. Your family members hate you more. Your spouse don't know how to act anymore. They just go nuts. Male or female. It don't matter. I remember when I really started walking out, Tori didn't even know who I was. And she hated the new person. She wouldn't tell you that then. She told me that now. She said, I couldn't stand you. It was like I lied to her the whole time we were together. And then one night, one day, I had a, the aha. God is, he's here with me. And then I changed like the light switch went on. And then I'm, I'm, I'm like carrying my Bible everywhere, talking to her about what I'm reading in the word. And she's like, who are you? And it will frustrate her. You know, when you get frustrated about the things of God, that means God is just trying to change you. We should really rejoice. As, as, as people of God, when we get together, we should really share the revelation God has given us. It's for the body. How can it change me? I think about how God can speak to me, and it can be for everybody. And then God can speak to Nika, and it can be for everybody. And all we got to do is when we come together, say, man, what you been reading in the Word? What was an, what was an experience you had in worship? And then we start saying, when we really focus on the good, think about how it just dissipates all the bad. A lot of times we come together, we talk about, man, I can't pay this bill. <laughs> man, she tripping. He tripping. <laughs> man, that's the old life. It is, man. We shouldn't live in that no more. I remember exactly how it was when I was in the old place with the old man trying to be righteous by my own works without a relationship with Christ. Everything was tough. Everything was hard, even relationships. And it seems like the relationships you shouldn't have are the strongest. <laughs> they like the strongest because they're endorsed by the flesh. But this is the season for change. And when we enter into that, it's the season of change and transition. And when we enter into that change and transition, we don't want to have no attachments to the flesh. We don't. Yes, God wants to forgive our sin. But when we knowingly, continuously commit the same sin over and over again, it's as if we crucified Christ. You know, that's what the word says. That if I remain in the thing that he delivered me from, or if I go back, it's as if I'm nailing him to the cross. And in the word, this is what the word says, y'all. It says, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. When he, when he comes down on the cloud, when he descends on the cloud with the trumpet call, I don't want to be the one that's looking up at him because I pierced him. I want to be the one as he's coming down, I'm going up like this looking down on the earth. I want to ascend as he's descending. I don't want to be the one that pierced him and I'm looking because I stayed in the sin. Because God asked me, because I didn't want to get out of it. I'm, anger's a sin, y'all. Hate is a sin. Lying is a sin. White lies are a sin. Let's just be honest with each other. How can I help you? We had, a, we had a, an issue. I was in a chat. And um, on, a, on a phone. And somebody's wrong number was in there and it ended up being a child's phone and I responded to a text message but the message went to the child individually and the message said love you and the father got angry and texted back I was like who's just texting my daughter saying love you and I was like oh lord is this a joke <laughs> I didn't know I, I didn't recognize the number but I said it could be somebody and I just didn't respond and it was like this this is a nine-year-old's phone I don't understand why somebody be texting her saying, love you. I didn't respond because it was a group message, and I didn't want to throw fire on the fuel. So I just didn't respond. I just let it go, not thinking that a father's thinking, okay, now he's going to hide or the person's going to hide. 
that I should have thought about that. The man calls me. Calls me the phone, answer right away. Hello? He said, who is this? I say, this is Chris. <laughs> and it was like, uh, what you doing texting my daughter? I said, hey, man, um, so sorry about that. I think you just got added in the group text um, accidentally. And he said, um, I said, I'm sorry. He said, why didn't you just text me back? I said, it was a group message. You know, I didn't want to be trying to add stuff. You know, you think we're playing and stuff. He didn't see that it was a group. He just saw individual messages. And um, I said, I just didn't want to add it, but I want to apologize because I can understand where you're coming from. And, you know, I didn't want you to think anything, and I apologize. And he's like, okay, that's cool, man. You just got to understand, man. It's crazy in the side, I said. Man, God bless you. Good night. We get off the phone. I text the group. I'm like, hey, man, we got a wrong number in the list, not text anything else. Um, long story short, there was some other text sent, and the man was offended. And it was in there that we were uh, ministers and believers of God. Ministers. And the guy said, he said, I don't care about nothing about being no minister. This basically saying it's a sick world out here. And I want to protect my daughter. And what it took me to this, the only reason I brought that up, because anger is a sin. God is going to hold us accountable. For somebody like that, that could have been an opportunity to break fear off of somebody. But when we're not in the place of humility and in the spirit, we can add fuel to the fire. It almost like we, we, we shut the gate on the gospel for that person. For one, because we, we were identified as ministers and people who believe in Christ, but some of the things that were text shouldn't have never been text. And it wasn't mean stuff. I'm not saying mean, but it could have seemed to be insensitive to what he was feeling. And as a body, as a whole, we're crippling ourselves because of how we conduct ourselves. The one thing I hate is uh, somebody who, I don't hate it. Well, I hate it because it's evil. But I mean, I don't hate the person. A person that confesses and believes openly about Christ, but then they're openly about the world too. Because we're putting off the wrong image. We're telling people that it's okay to live for God and then the next moment to act a fool. And it's as clear as day, carnality is enmity against God. Enmity causes God to want to put his hand up. Enmity is basically you're at discord. You ever had discord with somebody? Somebody is just, you don't, you can't get along. It don't work. It don't mesh. So basically you stay away from them. They stay away from you. You know that. The flesh is enmity against God. And when we're in the flesh, we're not setting up any type of ground. We have to stay out of the, and what I mean, like, I used to hate hearing this message because I'm like, I'm not in the flesh. And obviously I was in the flesh. Because when you start answering like that, you're in the flesh. How much more can I get out of the flesh? You start thinking like that. Yeah, a whole lot more. You know, we can get to a place where we're not even aware of ourselves. There have been moments where I have completely lost awareness of me. Where it's just me and God in communion. And what I mean is just me and God, it's like we became one. I'm not even aware of me thinking about God. It's, it's happened in moments when I'm, I'm out in public. It happens in worship continuously, whereas my thoughts are his thoughts. We're becoming one. And it's no longer out. We can actually get to that place and walk in that place. That's where flesh does not dwell. That's where the, the, the man on the end of that chart right there. With all the light, it's the man down here when, he, when he's in worship. There is no flesh. There's no darkness. You know what the darkness represents? Dirt and dust. That's where we came from. That's where our flesh originates from. When the dust and the dirt is gone, it's just the spirit man. That's it. That's where we want to get and live. Don't mean we're going to be perfect. The only thing we can be perfect, perfected in is love. But we can be sinless. You know that, right? He says, be holy for I am holy. Holy means separated from sin, sanctified for a holy purpose, for a use. If we could be perfect, we wouldn't need God. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a place we're going to get when we, we will become perfect. But it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. The whole time until Christ comes back, which I believe is my generation, or someone dies, is a journey to wholeness. It's about how can I be changed enough to, so people can see Christ in me. And as they see Christ in me, they can be drawn to the Christ in me. And the Christ in me compels them to live for him. Have you seen that how you just live a certain way and it just changes somebody? Not by even saying it. We do it in the world. We say, I'm just going to get focused this year. I'm going to change everything. And you just get so madness, crazy focused that people around you are like, you know, I'm going to do that too. I see the results. We can get like that for Christ, y'all. God wants to be most important in our life. 
Um, who all worship this morning? Did we all practice what the 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 little spots thing from last night? Lee was like a worship. I think the playlist was like an hour and fifteen minutes. It gets you started right, don't it? Worship helps a lot, but we want it to become a lifestyle. And we think, man, with 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 our scheduling, how we live, how can that be? How can I quote unquote fit that in? It's not fitting it in. It's making it a priority. And then you make everything else fit into that schedule. It's easy. Something just got to give. I remember when uh, I went from making a ton of money to making no money, I had to start prioritizing needs. What am I going to have to pay with the money I have, Lord? And then what's going to have to wait (laughs) until I can take care of it? It's the same thing in our spiritual walk with God. There are things that we partake in that just going to have to wait. I'm telling you, man, it was it was quick. I know it had to wait for me. Secular music. Because I understood the law of what goes in comes out. I understood that law and even in the world. There are laws. You know, one of the laws are the law of attraction. Everybody knows that law. I got to speak it into existence, right? Speak it into existence. But another law of attraction is what I bring in is what I'm going to attract to myself. So the music I was listening to was attracting darkness to me. And I could never just kind of get ahead. Or I would see like a, a little short-term victory, and then it would die down. And if you listen to the music, that's what it's all about. It's about these little short-term victories and then how they, they hit a hard time. I don't want to live that life. I want to be free, y'all. Straight up, just to live for God. Do whatever I want to do when God tells me to do it. Wake up, say, ah, oh, it's good to have you, Lord. You can do that now, but I mean like, what are we doing today? And kind of just look up and smile. Sometimes in worship, I do just look up and smile. Some words make me, make me smile when they talk about them. Because I think about how true it is. You have to spend time with it to know the, the, the genuineness of it. We got to get in this word. We got to allow this word to be what our, our foundation is. The word says that confess Jesus' death until he comes. And they were supposed to live his life until he comes. But we won't know anything about his death or his life until we spend time in his word. Until we really make it a commitment. And I'm telling you, you'll be amazed at what God allows to stay inside of you. There are moments where um, you'll be in a situation and God will quicken a scripture that's going to defeat the enemy in that moment. And it won't be religious. You know how people are like, well, you know, this, this, you know, the scripture is, I mean, like it'll come out and it's going to pierce the enemy and then he's gonna have to try to gather himself for another attack but he can't you know when somebody get punched really hard and they're staggered and they're trying to gather themselves and they can get hit again and then they're on the ground and then the fight's over we can do that if we have the word of God think about how he staggers us the enemy one moment we get hit with a major like a major thought boom and I'm just like dang, where did that come from? And I'm caught off guard. I'm, I'm staggering. Okay, what's the word? What's the word? That, and then before you know, I'm hit again. And then I'm just done. You know how we all get in that depressed mode? Like, man, bump it, man. I can't. It stinks, man. Never got any victory. But it's just for that moment. We can do the same thing with, against him with an eternal victory. He really has no power, y'all. When I learned that about demons, that all they do is just sent to kind of put fear on you and they have no power, it really delivered me from a lot of things. Like even the thought of death, who had, at moments like, man, I could die at any moment and it would suck to die. Oh, that joker just came from heaven. He talking about <laughs> death. But I mean, we've all had those thoughts about fear, about dying. If we can get rid of that thought by believing God's word, he's not going to take you out until you have completed your assignment. If you're walking with him, that will alleviate. You can walk in the, the most adverse situation. The most adverse, like where people are threatening you, your life. And I'm just, I don't even know how to describe it, but you just kind of sit there and you just smile. Like my life is not even in your hands, man. It's not. It's in Christ's hands. And if it's my time, I'm happy to go. Because you know you don't feel pain. You don't. God takes you. Now the flesh can have reactions. And if people see you, in a sense, dying there's like a, a reaction from the nerves, the natural, it doesn't mean that the person's feeling it, especially if they're in Christ and they've been faithful to what God has done. This is how you feel pain when you're in sin. 
Sin's attached to the flesh. Pain is attached to flesh. So that's how we feel pain. Think about if we're doing the work of the Lord and just something happens. And when a situation where, you know, I may be losing my life. We don't feel pain, y'all. He takes us. And when we wake up or when our eyes open or, you know, in that moment, we're right with Jesus. And they're welcoming us into heaven. I would love to see what that process is like. Think about how many people die that are, that are believers on a daily basis. And how all of heaven just rejo- rejoices to have another saint home. I think about that all the time. Does anybody have any questions? Condemnation is not real. It's only real when you're in sin or in the flesh. Because if you're giving your heart to Christ, it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh. So if you don't walk according to the flesh, you're not subjected to condemnation. Any questions? During this death season, like, I really, I just yeah. died again. Yeah. This was like, I didn't even know the scripture was in here because I'm not even conscious of anything. Like, I'm, I'm really yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's excellent. <laughs> yeah, T was saying for the, for the uh, recording, a thing that she's trying to die to is the thoughts of other people, of herself. And what Paul, you know, the word is God breathed. That's God communicating to us. So we can apply what another per, what Paul said to our life. A lot of things I did early on is I would make the scripture personal. I would make it like I would add me in it. I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, how it says, um, so God so loved the world. I would say, so God so loved me that he gave his own. I really, I would make it personal. Even in worship, someone's be saying we, I'd be saying me. <laughs> I be saying me, like, God, I worship you. Ain't no we. I say we too, but I mean, like, there's times I say, I praise you, Lord. I'm going to give you, I'll give you glory. We are a body because we come together and we, I can glorify him with you. But there are moments where it's, it's me. But T was saying, she dies that if she sees the scripture, now she can apply it to herself. And that will, re- the word will really take place and remove those thoughts. Think about how the fear of man really takes over you. You don't do a lot of stuff. I love Nika. Oh, my gosh. Can I share your thing about Facebook today? Okay, so Nika uh, is at work, and <laughs> she hears God tell her to tell this person God bless. That's the first, you know, that's our first challenge, confessing Christ before people. You know, when we, when we have our conversion, we start walking with God. And she heard the Lord say, tell this woman God bless you. And um, I guess the moment she heard it, the enemy came in right afterwards, like, don't say it. She's not going to receive it. Basically saying, like who, you know, like, you know how we think that there ain't no other believers but us in the world. And if we say something, they're going to be, you know, there's more of us than them. Just so you know. But I mean, <laughs> the enemy came with a thought so quick. And it ruffled the things around her. And you said you spilled coffee, right? But she, she repented so quickly. And she said the next time a person comes, she's going to do it. So I loved it because it was so beautiful because she, she was like, the next person going to get everybody, everybody else that come to the store today going to get a God bless you. And I'm just like, think about it like that. When he's so busy working on our minds, we need to do extra to make him, make him pay. Make him pay. You know when you're supposed to pray for somebody in public and you just miss it like, dang, I'm not doing it. And then you get conscious of it. He's like, man, I'm praying for everybody now, bro. I'm going to really make you pay because of how you play my mind, you know? But the fear of man only has so much power. When we can move away from <laughs> God didn't God didn't make you spill your coffee. He allowed it to spill. He allowed the enemy to tip it over. He wanted to protect us. But it's good because you you didn't take it as like a bad judgment. You didn't take it as punishment. You took it as instruction like I'm just going to do this. I'm telling you if we can get past that first part, not caring what people think. Man, I think about how far we would go as a whole. Now there, there are many ways we can tackle that. Just because I'm a certain way outwardly doesn't mean God's going to use you the same perspective. I think a lot of people can really have that one-on-one conversation where some people can grasp a crowd and get, get everybody's attention. But all you got to do is be obedient and watch how he bless you. I think about the billionaire that is crippled, has all the money in the world, but has no hope. And God is waiting for us to confess Christ to him. So everything, so his whole life can be transformed by a moment and everything he has can be given unto the kingdom. Not mean we don't want him for his money. God got all the money anyway. But instead of it being used for the world, it can be used for God. Think about how many people need to hear the gospel. The indigenous people. Those people have to be preached to. It says to the end of the earth. 
there are there are cultures, and, and I guess I don't know if you call them species, but there are um, people that are in the wilderness that have not been reached yet. And God is calling us to them. Those are called missionaries. All right, that was pretty cool. I love that. That was, that was awesome, Nika. She said everybody else got it for the day, though. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> like she was picking candy off the shelf. God bless you. God bless you. guys. It was pretty awesome. Um, Tiana, did you have a question? Well, death has no power over you. Only way death has power over you if you have not given your heart to Christ. When you confess Christ in your heart, death literally lost its power when he defeated it. So every part of you that you have given to God and every part of him that's inside of you has overcome death. I mean, I'm not saying the Bible is simple, folks, but I mean, like, it kind of is. All we got to do is read it and believe what it says. I mean, radical faith, like, okay, this is what the scriptures say. I'm just going to go with it. Like my God shall supply all my needs, all my needs, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All right, let's believe it. And let's really walk by that belief that what the word says is true. And don't even have to go into a deep study of what the Greek and the Hebrew of need mean. And, but really take it for what it says. And then walk by faith in that and not, not be flustered when we're in lack. I'm telling you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for real, because all he did was increase God inside of you. It backfired on him. The fear he tried to put on you put courage in you. Yeah. Until you got a Bible, I know you got a Bible. I gave you a Bible. <laughs> so all you got to do is jump in it. And then anytime you, and this is open, I'm, I'm, my phone is always next to me. Uh, you always want to seek God first on everything. Um, but for something like that, T, man, you could have just easily came and knocked on my door and we could have prayed together. And we could rebuke the spirit of fear. I'm, I'm into rebuking uh, dumb, deaf, foul spirits. He would have hated that. But he can't mess with you. And you got power. Yes. Tiana, you received Christ in your heart, right? All right, then all you got to say, I, I rebuke you, you dumb, ugly, foul, unclean spirit. In the name of Jesus, and I do not believe in fear. Just like that. And then until, until that thing leave you, say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. And just yeah. wear them out. I'm telling you, saying I plead the blood will wear them out. I, and it wear you out too, but I mean, that is good because you'll die to that flesh. But I, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. Over and over again until... Essentially, you can fall asleep or until it just leaves. We have dominion over that stuff. We have dominion over it when we don't have agreement with it. Okay? We have dominion over it when we don't have agreement to it. When we have agreement to it, yeah, we have no power over it. Any more questions? I can go on and on about agreement to darkness. Because there's a lot of things we agree to that are, that are dark. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Riley's probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Fuse? Okay, okay. Yeah. They cranked right up. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. That's an excellent testimony. You got to testify. 
Yeah, <laughs> fear the Lord came upon you. You got God in you, girl. You command your car to work. <laughs> That's it. Yep. If we don't steal his glory, he'll keep performing for us. Yes. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we got to take dominion over all things. Excellent, right? Y'all practice that this week. Take dominion over your day. Say, I will have joy this day. I take dominion of this day in, in, in Christ's name. Say, I will be prosperous this day. If you're in sales, I'm, I'm, I will make money in the name of Jesus today. God, you're going to bring me people who are going to purchase what I have for them. And let's just see what happens. <laughs> you know, what's the worst that can happen? You don't get any sales, okay? It don't change anything. It, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Spring. Yeah. Yeah. And it was more like I'll talk to Marvin about it or I'll talk to Sis Nag, Nag, Nag about whatever it is she's doing. Yeah. But as I've been part of the team, I've realized something's wrong. I have a problem. I shouldn't act like that. I shouldn't allow yeah. things that we do to happen. Um, and then you think I can just lash out about it and tell everybody whatever like that. Well, today at work, like, my tongue felt heavy. Like, yeah. Blurted out and say it. And like, just say it, just say it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So every time something happens, it was like three things that messed up today that was her fault. Wow. And she probably got written up because I was distressed. Yeah. Something just wouldn't let me say it. Mercy. Yes. I feel like I know that God's in this process through me. Yeah. And I think that's a step to me realizing that God is changing me. Yes. I really can go to that part that's That's good. Yeah. I didn't want to more so. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have the desire. That's awesome. Let's give God some praise for these testimonies, right? That's awesome. God. Yeah. Want no parts of it. And check this out how God's going to use it. Because I don't know if she knew you had something maybe against her. So she kind of knows. So as you turn. God's going to open her heart yeah. to receive the word that God's put in you for her. Yeah. And who knows if she's she's confessed Christ. Yeah. But God could use the other situation to turn her because you changed. And she might just come up to you spring, what what's changed? Yeah. You've been so nice. Yeah. That's God's grace. And watch how her heart, I'm telling you. And then after after she gives her heart, she might leave the job. She might leave the job because she was sent there to be saved for God. And then she may go on her own journey. We have we have missions like that with people. And we don't understand why people who irk us don't leave our lives. Yeah. Because we're supposed to do something for them. Yeah. Bring them into the kingdom. Yeah. We, we, yes. Yeah. And you, you identify with that. Yeah. That's maturity. That's good, Spring. And she looked like a model with that her and that baby. All right. Any, any more questions or comments? Hey, condom, condemnation is... From the enemy, convictions from the Holy Spirit. So as we talked about sin tonight, and if you were in some of that stuff, don't take the condemnation por- the condemnation portion of it. Take the word as conviction. Take the word as a chastening that I need to change. And then make an effort to change. Don't do the same thing you do. If it's a thought of perversion, divert your attention on God when those thoughts come. I am telling you, quit. And you know you can't, when it comes to sexual morality, you cannot resist temptation. You can't. You literally have to run from it. You have to flee from it. That's it. You have to literally run, flee. So you can't put your, you can't be in a situation to where you have to say, no, I can't do this, or no, I'm trying something new. You just can't put yourself in that situation. Or if you are close to it, you got to go the other way. All right, Tiana, what you have? And I, I saw your hand, Nika. Yeah. Yeah. Mercy and love him. You did good. God's going to reward you for that, too. You know, God rewards us when we have obedience. Cameron, will you uh, pick the play again on that on that music? Nika, um, what did you have? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Change. She'll comment back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, 
It is. And you do have watchers. And in situations like that, um, where people are reaching out for help, that's almost a cry for help. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, there may be a lack or a pain in somebody's life that they have not identified. And they're reaching to all these different things. And then they see somebody of influence who are changing their life. And they see the, the countenance on their life change. So you walk with joy, right? No matter what the circumstance is. And they're like, well, how can she be happy? Where when I'm in a situation like this, I hate my life, you know? So when that happens, this is what you never want to do. And this is for everybody. When you know you have an influence on somebody and you're recognizing that they kind of want to make a change, but they're kind of fake about making that change, you have to receive them how they are. You have to. I mean, like, you have to really, and you encourage them in every way possible. So on those posts where she say stuff like that, they say, like, hey, sis, I've been reading this. Check this out. And then say, if you got any questions, hit me up. Or you can even just text her that. Say, hey, I noticed this, that you, you know, put this on Facebook. Because when you do that, even if she doesn't respond in the back, the, the spirit that God put in her. Now, you know you have a spirit before the Holy Spirit comes in. The spirit that God put in her has eternity waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. So until that comes, there's going to be a void. But there's an inkling that God is real in there. So when she hits that wit's end, even if she never responded, she's going to know deep down that I can always go talk to my big sister about this. I can always talk to her because I don't know what else to do. And all you did was planted a seed. I love planting seeds. I mean, like, I'm not even a farmer, but I think about the results of planting good seeds in people's lives. You never want to make anybody feel terrible. I mean, it, the, and that, what I mean by that, you can say something and it can hurt somebody's feelings, but if your intention wasn't that. And you always got to lace your words with love. So you always have to be cautious of that. So you, all, you, all you're doing now is you're reeling them in. It's like you're a fisher. We become fishers of men. You know how we used to fish for other things? We really become fishers of men. And how your change is what's really going to change her. And we never, I'm telling you, we never want to make God a liar. Ever. We don't, and that's, that's why I, I want us as a group, as a family, to really live that life. Don't mean we're not going to make mistakes. We always, we always going to make mistakes. It shows, it shows imperfection that we need God. But if we truly walk out, like how you are doing, think about how fast people are going to come. Because it, wasn't you rowdy on the other side? Weren't you crunk on the other side? Then, then, yeah. So we live so strong for the other kingdom that it's going to be an obvious change. And then they're always going to come. What di what's different? People, they're going to want the peace that you have. And they're going to say, I don't understand, you know, how you have that peace. And they're going to want, you know, the enemy's going to want you to get back into their lifestyle. But that's when we have to remain firm. Have you noticed that your friends are the hardest ones to convince or your family that you've changed? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The friend, yeah. There's a spirit revealed it to you. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. 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 You know this. Yes. Yep. It is hard because it's not in our strength. It's always going to be hard. If, it, if we had the strength to do it, man, we wouldn't need God. But he used people like us who are weak in him or weak for him so we can help change them. And it's always one in the family. It's not limited to one. But it's literally always one in the family that God has put in that family to redeem everybody else. And then after you redeem one, watch how it trickles over, how another person gets touched. And then it trickles over and it's like four or five people now. And then you have the whole family saved. And you just, you look back and you say, wow, man, look how things, I look at me and Tori's family. I look at Tiana, Mimi, Keyshawn, and DJ. Man, I remember how rough it was living with DJ before. Man, it's almost like a cakewalk now, but I mean, don't mean it's not hard, but from how he's changed, from how Tiana's changed, Tiana, don't even, it's like, she don't even have an attitude no more. I'm so proud of her. Bro, she don't even, you know, 
I know, he liked that, yeah. And Mimi, Mimi came here struggling with so many things. And God changed them. I can't, I can't take, I don't even know what happened. I didn't, I can't take it, zero credit. What's up, T? Keyshawn. Couldn't read, couldn't do no work. All he wanted to do was just play, be on the phone. But this dude, he, I'm, I'm, I'm not being silly. He can read words like Jerusalem and the Bible. And then he take, I struggle with big words too. And he, y'all should see the notes he takes. You should see the notes he takes. He literally takes notes when he reads. And it's not like we, I've never forced him to do anything. Of course, he's in a, under our order. So he has to come with stuff like, come to stuff like this. But I mean, he still is doing these things on his own. I'm not like, Keyshawn, get in here and take notes in the Bible. Keyshawn, get in here and read the word. I say, hey, you want to read your Bible tonight? You want to read a book? What book you want to read? Ask T, what do you want to read at night? Yeah. And he got all A's. <laughs> that's, that's Keyshawn's biggest fan. Tiana's special too, y'all. I'm very proud of her. But it's not by our works. Really, it's not. It's really about what Christ wants to do through you. And everybody has the same capacity to produce Christ. I'm no different. Gene's no different. It's just our willingness to yield to him. That's it. And our willingness to get in his presence. I don't want to be anywhere else, man. I'm telling you, I felt how it felt not to be in his presence. And it sucks and it stinks. Everything falls apart out of his presence. Nothing is sustainable. It hurts. It's hard to live. But I'm proud of everybody. All y'all look good. Everybody got a glow, even though we dying. But I think the glow is a good sense of death because we know things are out of our control. And if we just yield to God's control, what he wants to do or orchestrate in our life, oh, we're just going to be blessed. And then before you know it, the things that we used to think we once needed, we don't. God fills those places. That's easy. And he'll bless you with children, you know, money, jobs, stuff like that. Whatever your heart's desire is. A mate, husband, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. God don't want anybody to be alone. But he wants you to have him more than anything else. All right. We're going to close because I was only supposed to be doing it to 730. Um, <laughs> Father. Daddy, Abba, we love you. You are our daddy. You are the giver of all good things. You discipline us because you love us. You chasten us because you love us, Lord. And we receive your chastening tonight on sin in the flesh. And we repent and we change right now to those thoughts, to those desires of the flesh, Lord. And we move completely in the spirit tonight. We thank you that you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us from our destruction and from destruction, Father. We thank you that you have all power, all dominion, and everything is under your subject of rule. And in that, Father, we have protection if we live and abide in you. So in Jesus' name, we bless you. We thank you. and We love you for everything you have done, you are doing, and will do in our lives. And we ask that you bless this word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bless the Lord. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. That was pretty cool. We got to get some men up in here.